Okay, Chuck Wilson, New Hope Community Church, and I'm back again after a little bit of a break because Matthew, my son Matthew, did four sermons on uh, the different positions for interpreting the book of Revelation. He did the different, four different, three different positions, and he did one on premillennial, amillennial, postmillennial, and then, of course, the overview to start things off. It's pretty deep. It's like basically seminary-level teaching, i got to say it. Uh, but So it, put on your seatbelts, but it's really good if you can hang in there and, and get deep with it. Uh, you'll really have a, a much better grasp of the book of Revelation, why people interpret it differently. And, of course, the right way of interpreting it is in there, uh, premillennial. But anyway, uh, we won't go there right now. Matthew was very fair about it, but... Uh, but I wouldn't have been quite so gracious. <laughs> I'm kidding. Lots of friends who are all different positions. And uh, so we have a lot of fun with that. So the we are going through the seven churches in Revelation, the seven letters to seven different churches. And we're up to the Smyrna today. Smyrna, the persecuted church. I'm going to do this in two parts. I'm going to do two shorter parts instead of one longer one. So uh, you can just kind of... Jump right to the next one if you want. They're both going to be shorter. But this is Revelation 2, 8 through 9, part 1. And it's it's Smyrna, the persecuted church. Remember, Ephesus was the New Testament church. This is Smyrna, the persecuted church. And we know from the book of Daniel and Revelation that worldwide persecution is coming, is already here in much much of the world already, but it's, it's just a matter of time before it hits the USA today full bore. It's already brutal in many, many places. In China, there are already, for years, have been brutal persecutions, but they're just recently replacing pictures of Jesus with pictures of Mao. Uh, Nigeria, the genocide that is just unbelievable, which our media doesn't touch uh, because there are Christians being killed and most of the media doesn't care about that, but God does care and we should care. Unbelievable genocide, it, but it's coming here to the U.S. We see what's happening with uh, Judge Justice Barrett, almost Justice Barrett, how they're just beating up on Amy Barrett uh, for her Christian faith, taking all kinds of pot shots at her, especially in the media. Unbelievable, crazy things, mocking her her Christian faith. Uh, Keith Olbermann, who just uh, resigned from ESPN to be go political, the crazy things that he's been saying. I'll just read it. Uh, he says, Amy Barrett, Trump supporters must be removed from our society. And it's, he's not kidding. He is crazy, the things that he writes. And when he talks about Trump supporters, he's talking about Christians. Amy, because of her Christian faith. Trump supporters, because of our Christian faith. We're not Trump supporters. We're, we're, we're trying to save babies. You know, that's why we've, why we've supported President Trump. Not because we think he's a great guy, uh, but we, we like certain things that he's, that he does, uh, especially the pro-life position that he has taken, and, and of course, Vice President Mike Pence, a strong Christian, strong pro-life position. We believe saving babies is vitally important. Vitally important for those babies, first of all, but vitally important for our country because God is going to judge this country, and we're trying to save this country from God's judgment if we could just repent of that. But we see what's happening with that. And also, uh, Sanders... Uh, Bernie Sanders supporters have been, you know, they've uncovered these videos coming out. Two, I'll just read the headline. Two separate Sanders campaign staffers were caught on video calling for gulags for Republicans, guillotining the rich, and defending Stalinism. Also called for beating cops, burning cities, and rioting. 
uh, if Trump is reelected. Once again, attacking, uh, you get to the, the, the base of this, the, the, the foundation of it, they're really attacking Christianity. Why are they mad at us being about the babies? It's the, it's the Christian position of saving these babies, saving our country. Uh, it's crazy what we, we see here. This letter to Smyrna that we're going to look at today will help prepare us It will encourage us. It will help us handle the fear that we face as we get closer and closer to persecution. And also, I'm going to also do a a kind of a sister sermon to this one on Sunday. I'm going to do that with uh, the blessings of persecution because I'm in 2 Kings 6. So if you want to go onto our regular website and, and get what I do this Sunday, the blessings of persecution, 2 Kings 6. Jesus is writing to seven churches, seven actual churches here. And they're actual churches, but they also represent seven phases of history, historical phases of church history as we're going to connect the dots as we go. And there's also universal application. Each of these apply to every church. The warnings apply to every church, the encouragement to every church, and to each individual. So there's a universal application too. And each letter has the good, the bad, and the ugly. No, I'm kidding. That's a movie. The good, uh, the bad, the warning, meant, the warning, and the encouragement. Each of these letters have that, and that's what we're going to look at for Smyrna today. We already did Ephesus. This is Smyrna. Okay? Let's pray. Father, we pray that this word would encourage us. It is troubling to look at persecution and, and know what's coming, but Lord, we have to be prepared. We have to be ready. It's like a storm coming, and if we ignore it, uh, look what's going to happen. But, but being prepared, Lord, I pray that we would be spiritually prepared for this. And if anybody's never put their faith in Jesus, that's the number one preparation. They would put their faith in Jesus and be ready for what's coming upon this earth. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I'm just going to read uh, Revelation 2, start with verse 8. To the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These are the words of him who is the first and the last, who died and came to life again. I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. I know the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. So, first of all, I'm going to do these two verses, and we'll do the next two in the next little sermon, which I'm going to just hit the pause button and start another recording in a minute. But, uh, a few minutes. But he's to Smyrna. And he says to the angel, because each of these seven churches, and I believe every church, has a guardian angel. And this guardian angel is very busy in Smyrna, as we're going to see. Smyrna is 40 miles north of Ephesus. If you look at the map, Chicky's going to put up for me. Thank you, Chicky. The map of of Ephesus, you see, uh, I'm sorry, you see Patmos goes to Ephesus, and then you go up right to Smyrna, okay, 40 miles north of Ephesus. There's a, the seven churches go in a circle, it was kind of a mail route, and this is why Jesus, uh, the, the Apostle John sent the words of Jesus to these seven churches, and uh, it was founded in 800 B.C., the city of Smyrna, 800 B.C., but it was destroyed many times by earthquakes and invasions, but it was rebuilt in 300 B.C. by Alexander the (laughs) Not-So-Great, from God's perspective. Uh, It was the second most important city in the province of Asia, second only to Ephesus. Ephesus was number one. This was number two. It was a port city, very wealthy, uh, large, 
100 to 200,000 people at this time today. It's about 200,000 people in that city today, and it's called Izmir, Izmir in, the, in uh, Turkey. It was beautiful. It was the flower of Asia. Uh, here's a picture. Thank you, Chicky. A picture of a drawing of what it used to look like. Beautiful, beautiful port city. Uh, now it's just ruins. Another picture, Chick. You can see just a few ruins are left because the city of Izmir has been built over it. It was important politically. It claimed to be the birthplace of Homer. It was a free city, but it had total allegiance to the Roman Empire. Okay, so uh, it was the center, having said that, it was a center of emperor worship. It won the honor to build the first temple to Tiberius in 23 AD. In 81 AD, the emperor worship became compulsory. That means you had to do it or else there was a threat of death. You had to burn an incense to the Caesar as a god or you faced the death penalty. And so Jesus is writing to the angel of Smyrna, writing really writing to the church of Smyrna. And this is from Jesus Christ. And look what it says here in Revelation. He says, these are the words of him who was the first and the last who died and came to life again. From Jesus, the first and the last. We already looked at that earlier in Revelation. That's a divine title. Smyrna claimed to be the first city of Asia. Jesus says, no, I'm number one. I'm number one, the first and also the last. I have the final word, not the emperor. I have the final word, Jesus says. He, uh, it says he died and came to life again. Jesus talking about himself. He died and came to life again. This is the gospel. This is the great news of Christianity, the cross and the resurrection. What we put our faith in that Jesus died on the cross in our place for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus came and died on the cross for our sins. He died. The, he took the death penalty for our transgression, for our breaking of the law. And if we put our faith in him, whoever believes in him, uh, whoever believes in him has eternal life. We, God, because we put our faith in Jesus, his death on that cross, we share in his resurrection. We are giving a brand new life that starts right now and goes on through all of eternity in heaven someday. We get this brand new life. And that's what Jesus is making a point here. He, he's, he was dead and he came to life again. We don't follow a dead person. We don't follow a dead Buddha or a dead Muhammad or a dead Joseph Smith. No, we follow Jesus Christ who is alive. He, Jesus said he, he died. Literally, the word means became a corpse. He said, I became a corpse, but I came to life again. Talking about the resurrection. That's what sets Christianity off from every other religion. Although we know Christianity is not a religion. True Christianity, a lot of people have made it into religion, but true Christianity is a relationship. It's a relationship. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ through faith in him. And he, and he came to life again, the resurrection. Smyrna, Smyrna was wiped out many times, like I mentioned, by the earthquakes and the invasions. And each time they resurrected from the ashes, just like the phoenix. They resurrected from the ashes. They're very proud of their ability to bounce back and resurrect. And they worshipped the goddess Sybil. She was a goddess of spring and rebirth. And they worshipped her because that was really their story. But Jesus says, uh-uh, I am the resurrection and the life. Remember what he said uh, with, La- with the Lazarus situation, John eleven twenty five. 25? I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus is that. He's making that point here. And this is a big encouragement for the Christians in Smyrna because they were being persecuted. They were dying for their faith. 
lots were being killed, martyred for their faith. Jesus says here, he's saying, I suffered too. I was became a corpse. I was crucified. I know, but I had I, sh- I showed victory over death. I resurrected and proved my, vic- my victory over death, which we'll later see he guarantees for all of us, for all the pe- people in Smyrna, and for all of us, he guarantees our victory over death too. Verse 9, he says, I know your afflictions. Uh, your, and your poverty, yet you are rich. I know the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Okay, so we come to verse 9, the good. The good. Remember I said each of these different parts, uh, with the, you have the, the, the good, the bad, the warning and encouragement. We start off with the good. And God, Jesus says, I know. He says, I know your afflictions. That's his first beginning of the good. I know your afflictions. The, the word literally means pressures. The original root meant to to uh, be under crushing weight, crushing under the weight of, of this pressure. That's what they were under. The word Smyrna, the word Smyrna is Greek and it means bitterness, bitterness. The Hebrew word for Smyrna is myrrh. Where have we heard myrrh before? That's right. Three wise men, Matthew 2.11, one of the three gifts that were given prophetically by the wise men. And the, the myrrh was used to embalm a dead body. Why would you give that to a baby? Because Jesus had come to die. He came to die. And when myrrh is crushed, it becomes a f- fragrant perfume. The beautiful fragrance comes out when it's crushed in Jesus that's what a picture of Jesus. He was crushed for our iniquities. His fragrance covered the smell of sin and death for us. And as Christians who are going through afflictions and trials like they were in Smyrna and, and us, th- those afflictions and trials crush us and bring out a beautiful fragrance to God and also change us and are a witness to others about the the. the what Jesus has done in and through us, dying for us and, and resurrecting from the dead. He says, I know your afflictions. I know your afflictions and I know your poverty. Your poverty. You see, in Smyrna, it was controlled by these guilds and unions. But as, when someone became a Christian, they were expelled from the guilds and unions and they would lose their businesses. They would lose their jobs. Their businesses would be boycotted. They, the mobs would riot and, and attack their businesses. Does that even sound familiar? Nothing new under the sun. All right. And, and today, in, I've been reading about Izmir and the voice of the martyrs. They have different stories on them at times. Izmir still, today, Christians are still facing the same pressure. It's a Muslim nation now, a radical Muslim nation. Christians are jailed. They lose their jobs. They lose their livelihood. It's happening all over the Middle East. All over the Middle East and most Muslim countries, sadly, the, anybody who converts from being a Muslim to a Christian faces terrible persecution. Businesses are destroyed. Houses are burned. The wives and daughters are raped. Unbelievable. People are killed. It's just, just so sad what's going on. People enslaved. Very, very sad. So he says, I know your afflictions and your poverty. Your poverty. This was once again the center of emperor worship. Emperor worship. They had to go to the temple and offer a pinch of incense to to Caesar and say, Caesar is Lord. They had to do that. They had to bow down. They had to say, Caesar is Lord. In fact, the um, uh, 
I'll just read this to you. Uh, in Barclay, seven churches, he quotes a request for such a certificate. Actually have one of these certificates that they found. It says, to those who have been appointed to preside over the sacrifices from, and it gives all the people's names, together with our children who reside in the village of Theodelphia, we have always sacrificed to the gods, and now in your presence, according to the regulations, we have sacrificed and offered libations and tasted the sacred things, and we ask that you give us a certificate that we have done so, may you fare well. Then it goes on to say, We, the representatives of the emperor, Saranus and Hermas, have seen your sacrifice. And they had to get this certificate to prove, prove that they had offered a sacrifice to Caesar as God. They had to do it in order to, to buy and sell. Just like 666, coming soon. We're going to see this in the book of Revelation. Going to have to take the mark of the beast. 666 in order to buy in the cell. It's coming quickly, coming quickly. He says, I, I know your poverty, but, but Jesus says, but I know you are rich. I know you are rich. They had spiritual blessings. In the world's eyes, they were poor, but in God's eyes, in Jesus' eyes, they were rich because they knew what they had in Jesus Christ, the spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms, the, the true blessings that last forever, riches in heaven, not on earth, riches that don't rust and thieves don't break in and steal, treasures in heaven, they had that. So he says, I know your afflictions, I know your poverty, and I know your slander, the slander, the bogus Jews, it says here, the bogus Jews, the synagogue of Satan, the slander. We see this slander from the false Jews in the book of Acts. Now, I say false Jews, I say because true Jews follow the one true God and they follow Jesus Christ. That's a true Jew. The others are a false, false. And they slander. In the book of Acts, we see the disciples who were Jewish. The, Jesus was Jewish. The disciples were Jewish. The early church was 100% Jewish at the beginning. Uh, the, when John, who is Jewish, uses the term the Jews, or in the Gospels, the writers who are all Jewish use the term Jews, they're talking about the religious leaders that were in opposition to Jesus Christ. They're not talking about Jewish people. They're using that term as, as a, an office of, of the Jewish religion, the apostate Jewish religion of that time. That's not anti-Semitism. Uh, Jesus Jewish, John Jewish, all the apostles Jewish. Anybody who's anti-Semitic does not know Jesus Christ. I'll tell you that right now. Any true Christian cannot be anti-Semitic. But it doesn't, but we do recognize there are false Jews. Just, that's what John is saying here. He says the slander uh, uh, that you get from the false Jews. In the book of Acts, the disciples would go into the synagogue and preach the gospel, have converts. Many Jewish people became Christians, uh, Christian Jews. They didn't drop their Jewishness. They became Christian Jews, uh, completed Jews. But what would happen is they'd be expelled by the Jews, the religious leaders of that synagogue who didn't know the one true God. Then they would go outside and go to the Gentiles and start preaching to the Gentiles, seek converts. The Jewish leaders would get jealous and they would slander and they would incite and tax against them and, and stone them and get the Roman authorities to arrest them. And that, that slander is, is what Satan uses all the time. We are, we are no, as our church, you guys know, New Hope Community Church, no stranger to slander. Remember the, rad, the radical petitions that were against us when we started out? We were in the TV and the newspaper, lie after lie. The picketers, telling lies about us, trying to break into the church, disrupt the service. Even several churches in there that are apostate, false churches, not going to name them, but it's easy to figure out, almost all of them, uh, joined with the opposition against us, saying, you know, we're, we're not really Christians because we follow the, the Bible. <laughs> if only we followed their, their way of, uh, you know, not following the Bible, we would be real Christians according to them, right? So they were this slander. 
Slander. Slander is nothing new. And it says the slander of the Jews, but he says they're not Jews, they're false Jews, he's saying. There's, there's a large, hostile Jewish population, especially the religious leaders that tried to keep the true Jews from following Jesus Christ and the Gentiles from following Jesus Christ. And why would they do that? Because they're not real Jews. That's what John is saying. That's what Jesus is saying here. Not real Jews. Uh, John fifteen twenty one. they will treat you this way because of my name. For they do not know the one who sent me. Verse 23. They don't know the one. They don't know the one true God. That's why they're attacking Christians, John is saying. That's what Jesus is saying in John 15. That's why they'll attack Christians and attack Jesus and attack his followers because they don't know the one true God. If they knew the one true God, they wouldn't attack his son, Jesus Christ. All right? And he, and he calls them actually this from the synagogue of Satan. Once again, not all Jewish people foul Satan, but all who persecute, all who persecute, whether they're Jewish or any religion, if they persecute God's true children in Jesus Christ, if they persecute them, they are being used by Satan to slander. That's what the word Satan means. It means accuser. The word, the meaning of Satan is accuser. And persecutors and accusers from every age have been used by Satan to slander. We see it here in the USA today. Uh, there's, there's so much slander against the true Christians, not the false Christians, not the apostate, not the weeds that are being separated from the wheat, not the, the goats that are being separated from the sheep. We're seeing that all over the place. Oh, it's sad. But I'm talking about the true Christians that are being attacked and slandered. Uh, we're, we're getting attacked the same way. Tolerance. Tolerance. Uh, we're being attacked because of tolerance. If we don't buy their version, then they won't tolerate us. That's what they mean by tolerance. If we, if we won't affirm what they believe, then they won't tolerate us. That's what they think tolerance means. And, and they want us to say that all religions are the same and every religion gets to God. There's just different roads going up the mountain. They all get to the top. Not John 14, 6. Jesus said, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is one way. Jesus Christ, one way to the one true God, and that's by putting our faith in Jesus Christ. But they try to say all religions are the same. And this is not new. This was happening here in the book of, Reve- uh, book of Revelation with Smyrna. Rome said, said, it's okay if you worship all your other gods, but you have to worship our God too. You have to worship Caesar as God. You, it's okay if you worship many, many gods. That's okay, but you cannot just worship one God. You're not allowed to worship one Jesus and his one true father. You're not allowed to do that. And that, and if you did, you were persecuted. That's why you were martyred in the New Testament times, in the New Testament church, in church history, trying to worship the one true God. But all ways don't lead to the same God. No, no, no. There's a great book that we you know, give out at church all the time. So what's the difference? So what's the difference? If you read that, you'll see that they don't all lead to the same God. They're not all different. They're not just different roads. They are different gods that it's leading to. It's demonic. demonic. These other religions are demonic imposters trying to be worshipped in God's place. Now that goes for cults, that goes for the world religions. There is one way to the one true God and that is through his son Jesus Christ by putting our faith in him. I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Have you put your faith in Jesus? Are you truly, do you know the one true God? 
Have you given your life to Jesus and put your faith in the cross and the resurrection? If you haven't done that, I want to encourage you to put your faith in him so that you can get to the one true God so you can have true life. Now that goes on throughout all of eternity. Don't fall for the lies. Okay, hit the, hit the pause button. I'm going to hit the pause button and come back and finish up this chapter because the next part is a little bit longer. I wanted to break it into two, okay?